welcome to Over the Rainbow, a safe space and voice for all queer identities. I'm your host, Rachel Keithley, and I use she, her pronouns. Every other Wednesday, we bring you new episodes dedicated to queer education, representation, and activism. Anna, I always like my guests to introduce themselves, so do you want to go ahead? Hi, sure. I love that. My name is Anna Krachetkova, and my surname often gives away my original background, such as uh, the country of birth as well. Sometimes actually it doesn't, and people take time guessing, but I was born in Russia, and I grew up there, and I was an adult when I migrated to Australia. And here I am a business owner, an author, and also a poetess, and I also a bi-plus activist. Amazing. And what are your pronouns? It's a she, her, thing. Perfect. Thank you so much for being on the show, and Today we're going to be talking about, I guess, your area of expertise in your business. We're going to be talking about bisexuality and the prejudices that bi folk face, and we'll share a bit more about the work you're doing. But before we do, let's share something we've done this week, either to engage in queer education or activism. So do you want to share first or shall I? Oh, exciting. Yes, I'd love to share because this week on a Buy and Prejudice Instagram account. We just finished sharing the stories that are part of the project that is called On the Intersection. And On the Intersection is a collection of videos and audios and some of the written word as well from the community members. And we were sharing all together, we were sharing different stories of our experiences of living on different intersections. Because I feel that bisexuality is never in the vacuum. Like, like nothing really is. And often it is impacted and shaped and informed how we manifest our sexuality by all these different other parts that also intersect with one another. And so many community members shared their stories. It's fascinating to read that, to listen and watch. And it just helps me remember again and again that it's not just bisexuality on itself. There's so many other threats that are pulling on it, intersecting with it. And it's just fascinating that sometimes, you know, you, you touch on, say, mental health, you touch on uh, social justice and somehow changes how your sexuality manifests in the world or how you think about it. So I really wanted to bring that. And we had those conversations. And when people shared their videos, audios, and written word, others kept commenting and saying, oh, my God, this is so relatable. I'm so glad somebody actually said that. And I'm really hoping that those kind of conversations, they are courageous for some people and they also are representation for others and everything in between. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. And I think, like you said, it really brings it to life, doesn't it, where you understand the nuances of everyone's identities, but also the ways that you can relate to. So that's kind of a really good way to visualise it and understand it. I think it also gives you another perspective or another vision you can't sort of tease your imagination of other ways of being a bisexual and not just one or two that you could Google or see in maybe some people around you. Suddenly there's just more like three, four or five and you just can look at them and see, hmm, does that fit with what I think or not? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's really good, isn't it? For challenging as well. Great example. So for myself uh, this week, as a lot of my listeners know, I recently finished my PhD Um and Hi. thank you officially a doctor <laughs> um, and the next step is to hopefully publish my PhD as a book um, a lot of people do this where it's basically just straight up translates 
exactly what you write in your thesis to a book to a book form to be accessible um and I wanted to do something a little bit different because my research is quite unique obviously it's on the LGBTQ plus community but also I really worked on looking at academic research as activism as well so I didn't just want it to just be this empirical study and that was kind of that throughout it was like my experience is my identity and utilizing it to be this form of activism for allies as well as for policymakers etc so I'm sort of pivoting the book and I'm currently in the process of writing the proposal to have this slightly different academic book out there that really is embedded in research as activism so hopefully the publishers will like the idea and it will get published eventually but that's that's what I'm working on. That sounds fantastic and here we go there's another intersection and a tool activism academia exactly so fingers crossed i'll have an update at some point please keep us updated yes yeah all right let's get on with the show So obviously, I mentioned we're talking about bisexuality today. The title of this episode is Bi 101. So I always like to start these styles of episodes with a definition for anyone who's maybe not quite familiar with the terms. So what is bisexuality? Good question. And I currently have been looking into slightly different way of seeing bisexuality because to me, it does encompass a lot. It's quite broad and really the most inclusive word I can think of in the queer community. And to, to me, recently I started looking into bisexuality as pulling apart the word and looking at bi, and people often saying that it means two genders. And then looking at sexuality, which often for people is all about sexual acts. And I'm trying to challenge the two and say that bi is not really about two at all, but if you wanted to, you could start from saying one, such as, uh, a sex or gender expression like myself, and second, any other, which is what two is. And then sexuality is, of course, not sexual acts. But one of my favorite definitions, definitions is, of course, by Robin Oates, because she offers just so much inclusivity and so much space. Bisexuality is this, is this potential to be attracted romantically heterosexually to people of more than one gender, not necessarily at the same time and not necessarily in the same way and not necessarily in the same degree. And I feel that this helps you find yourself in it. And I often talk even about friendships, not just sexual and not just romantic, but I often put on friendships in, in that box and a few other play in a few other types of relationships because I feel that we've got other people who identify as bi-romantic or asexual but they have other nuances and so with that definition they can pick and choose and expand it and skew it a bit here and there so I'm actually I've been playing with definition and have been changing it here and there a little bit more but Robin Oaks one just helps everyone I think to start and find their space and then they can expand and find their own. And that's what I'm really hoping for, for people to be able to find their own and form their own. Yeah, I love that because we don't all identify with one label in exactly the same way, do we? So that definition does give that sort of fluidity and expansion to 
have those varying degrees of difference within that one label? I think so. Yeah, just a bit of freedom, self trust, and self and imagination. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for that. So obviously, LGBTQ people regularly face challenges and prejudices within life. But I wanted to explore some of the specific challenges that bi folk face when they're exploring their sexuality and coming out. Oh my God, there's so many. But recently, I have been having a lot of conversations around facing biracia in the queer space, which I must say originally surprised me when I started entering queer spaces, all different queer spaces. I did not expect that. And I've been hearing that a lot and I've been bumping into it. Uh, not as much, I think, as many people who share their stories through bio prejudice with me, but I've been really surprised with a lot of, especially gay people, not believing, I don't think that people don't believe that bisexuality exists. I just feel like they're invalidating other people's experiences by saying your experience or what you're doing doesn't make enough sense or triggers my insecurities. So I don't think you're bisexual because a lot of those things is not something I would do. So I don't want you to do it. <laughs> and bisexual has become like a bit of a scapegoat for insecurities or unhealed wounds and some of the things that are in in people that are really not related to us but because it's so as I say not in a vacuum all intertwined for that reason it just feels like people keep telling us you don't exist or your sexuality is not valid you are broken crazy unhealthy or on a stage um, experiencing a stage of some sort and those things are feeling very unhelpful and hurtful and in the straight world where I spent most of my life people just found me like a toy it was something really sexy it was not a sexuality either it was just something really cool and they loved it and they're like yes please do it just as long as you're not actually in the relationship and claiming to have a valid sexuality that suddenly everyone was worried about me so I think those things continue to persist. And that gives us a lot of challenges in the health world specifically. And then going to say your GP even and saying, what do I need to know about in terms of my health? Health as a say sexually active bisexual. And I've seen people just look blankly and say, I don't know why, why is that even a question? This is fascinating that we're just lacking this information and that we can't rely on professionals like therapists or health-related um, spaces. We, we cannot trust them. We, we can't entrust ourselves to them. And this, because we literally don't exist or usually attached to some other sexual orientation, and I think that just creates so many boundaries for people who are already intertwined with so many other different parts of their lives, like health, disability, race, and so on and so forth. I imagine it could be so isolating, can't it, if people are undermining your identity and or if you're not able to access healthcare specifically related to you and your identity, you think, well, am I doing something wrong? And then, well, if there's nowhere I can go, then you're just kind of left out in the cold, aren't you, which can be very damaging. Yes, and I think that's exactly the, the challenge. And sometimes I hear people say, why do you have to constantly talk about it? Like you're flaunting it. And I remember writing an article exactly about that, how flaunting 
wanting, so to speak. Your sexuality is actually important for mental health because, for example, for straight people, it's very easy. They do the flaunting, so to speak, again, in the quotes, all the time, and they're not even thinking about it. That's because how easy it is, and they're not experiencing any challenges to do with that. But for someone who is worried about entering spaces and telling people who they are, that is a big challenge, a big problem. And I hear that quite a lot, people writing messages to Bone Prejudice and saying exactly those things, how they feel alone in their spaces and they haven't come out to anyone yet. So here they got an opportunity now to hear something relatable to them or talk to someone for the first time a lot of the times. Which I imagine can be really empowering, can't it, when you've been in spaces where either people just aren't talking about you or they're undermining you. Absolutely, I think so. And they find a lot of courage then to take another step. And that's really all we need a lot of the time. It's just a safe place to come to. Nothing else needs to happen there. The first step is just to be safe and feel safe in that space. That's it. More steps would be taken as a result. Yeah. So you've you've mentioned some of them when we talked about some of the challenges that bi folk face, but obviously they face prejudice in society. You talked about bi erasure, about people undermining their identity, but can you tease a bit more detail out about what are some of the prejudices that bifurk are experiencing? Yeah, absolutely. Some of the things are quite probably very familiar to so many listeners is uh, being called, well, for example, actually, that would be a little bit more specific. Um, I remember having a conversation with uh, a group of couples and I was the only single female sitting there. And they were talking about that turns out all women in the group were bisexual and they were telling me how they were in straight relationship. And this is what I keep hearing a lot. None of the people who were their partners said, look at me, I'm in bisexual relationship, but all bisexual women in the group were in straight relationship. And that, that erasure of self and how we embody it is so strong and comes and just starts so, so early. And that doesn't even need we don't need to be told you don't exist to experience that. That just happens in those little ways. And I, I'm more fearful and most interested in those very subtle areas when people kindly and seemingly lovingly say question you. And I had that with uh, some of my lesbian friends who told me when I first came out to them, they asked me a whole bunch of sex questions at first. And they told me that you... I don't think you could be bisexual. You haven't done X, Y, Z. Have you really thought about it? Maybe, maybe go back and think about all the areas in your life. You, you're probably gay. It sounds very gay. I don't think you're bisexual. And those things are said in such loving ways and sometimes from people we trust because they haven't done their own work and their own education. We seem to slowly disappear altogether. And unfortunately, that often pushes people back many more years before they realize who they are because I think coming out to the world is not actually as important as coming out to self and that is the challenging bit when others don't believe like the sexuality actually exists and, and I think for me for me personally uh, the lack of the language and the lack of the community altogether meant that it just didn't exist so when I did come out to the community when the very first time anyone ever told me that I may be a little bit confused and I should spend some time thinking about it more, I was very certain that's true because I did not have anything 
to back me up. No other people, no language, no no knowledge of that at all, especially growing up in Russia where queer world is just so underground. So that's become, it was just very easy at the time for me to believe all of that. And I think this is just a very dangerous space as well. Yeah. I think what you said, especially about that really resonated with me was obviously you're in a very vulnerable state. If you're just discovering these things about your sexuality and think, oh, I think I'm bisexual. And you go to people you trust. So you said your lesbian friends and it's like you think they're the people that are going to accept you they're the people that have your best interests at heart and when they say oh I think you might be confused because you trust them if you are still a bit like oh I don't know because I've not figured it all out yet you probably are led to believe oh well they must be right because they know more about it so maybe I am just gay and I'm just a bit confused whereas if it was just a complete stranger who was like oh you're being greedy or whatever you're not going to listen to them you're going to push them back but that's that's why it's really important that our peers are also educated on these things so they don't accidentally say the wrong thing. Exactly, exactly. And it's also interesting how with actually bisexual women, apart from those friends of mine, a lot of the times, especially in the straight world, bisexual women are always assumed to be straight anyway. And that's another reason that some of my, there's a whole group of lesbian friends that I used to have, and they were quite upset with me coming out because they felt like I was taking up space that belonged to them because I was going to go back and see if there's a back to go to. And that is always, it's always for women to, to go back to being straight. And whereas men are having a challenge of trying to prove being bisexual, if that's what they're trying to do, because they're always found to be gay. And either way, it looks like everyone is meant to go back to men which is really interesting. I'm wondering who is perpetrating those ideas. But yeah, that's another way to completely erase um, a whole, its own sexual orientation is by trying to attach it to something else. And you're right, we, we, tr- we trust it and actually believe that, yeah. Which is why representation and education is just so, so important in this process, understanding that everyone's sexuality even as you said right at the beginning people who are using the same label will use it very differently but we need to understand each other's identities as well so I guess my next question is how how can the listeners be allies to bisexual folk oh I would say to trust and to really focus a lot more on patience and compassion rather than trying to understand I don't think understanding someone's experiences is extremely important it's also very difficult it's so hard for anyone to step into my shoes for example of growing up in Russia and then understand my perspective and I wouldn't want anyone to to do that I just don't think that is worth our energy but trusting people and listening to them honestly is the best thing because the more you make them feel safe the more they would tell you and you will get some understanding for sure and then you don't need to even ask all those really weird questions that people urge to ask all you just need to do is create a very safe space and whenever there is an opportunity and you have enough capacity in your life whether that's financial or emotional or um, even just physically time to go and be with them in most important events whether that's a protest whether it's a 
um, putting a collage together for queer people. Like being present there, I think it's really helpful because sometimes we feel a little bit too segregated. Oh, this is place just for queer people. Oh, this place is only for bisexuals. I think if we could come together a bit more and have somewhat of exposure to each other more and just spending time together so that others don't feel like others. So now we all seem humans because sexuality doesn't really make us any really different, have the same ears and eyes, but I feel that a lot of the times with lack of understanding, people then looking my way and imagine all sorts of things. So maybe if they come in, they can imagine something a bit more truthful and focus a lot more on connecting with me. All the questions that people are dying to ask sometimes or all the uncertainty that they're feeling, it will all disappear once we get to know each other. Yeah, definitely. And I think that gives us a lot more gravitas in the movement for equal rights from outside the community of what all fighting between each other and that's not to say everyone is doing that but you know obviously there are caveats and identity and belonging between the communities but if we're all stand united then the rest of the world is going to take us far more seriously as well without that infighting yes and sometimes it just needs that little step just walk into some queer space if you don't belong to queer community and hang out and don't make a big deal out of it it's just people just hanging out you, you may connect with them you may really like them and then say it and just take it from there. Yeah, exactly. It's small, easy steps, isn't it? Mm. So I want to talk about the work you're doing more specifically now. Obviously, you've got your page, Buying Prejudice, and you've got a book that you've published. Can you tell us more about the work you're doing and I guess where it started, where it came from? Well, Buying Prejudice started during the COVID lockdowns, I think right at the beginning of it. It was quite an interesting time for me uh, during the lockdown. I kind of realized that I could no longer be in a space where I was and be the person I was in terms of how I was appearing, what I was saying, what I was thinking. I think there were a lot of limitations for me because of just who I was surrounded by and who I was with. And I, during that time, it just amplified everything for me. And I thought, you know what, it's time to do something different just about how I do everything in my life. And I was hiding quite actively, I think, a lot of parts about my life. And it, that's why I mentioned intersections and mental health originally, because actually it all started with mental health. I just realized that I was making up a lot of stories when I was telling people about myself because I was trying to make them a little bit nicer. And I realized that my life wasn't that nice growing up. So it's okay. I'm actually going to say as it is and, and leave it there and stop trying to soften things. And because of that, I started talking about bisexuality. It just kind of fell out of it. And I tried to find the spaces where I could go and find those people who I could like tell about it because it was news to me, but it was COVID. So everything was closed and groups were not functioning, but it made me feel like there was nothing, even though things existed and places were there, but I just couldn't find them and couldn't see them. So I started an Instagram account and people started to just, gravitate towards it so much and we just shared stories of different bisexual people that we knew we just told each other stories and told each other who they are and that they existed everyone was surprised that they were bisexual oh how come we didn't know how can you even know well how you tell and so we started having all those conversations 
And the account started to grow because people wanted to talk about that. And a lot of questions are like that. How can I tell I'm bisexual? How can I tell my partner is? So we had this space where we could discuss this without feeling icky about it. And uh, a year later, I, I didn't actually think about writing a book that early. I thought that one day I would write something about sexuality. But somebody appeared in my life. And she was looking for a writer for bisexuality, specifically for that topic. And I was, I was thinking, I think this is, I was going to do it later when I'm a little bit rude in my sexuality, but I guess it actually is the perfect time because I'm trying to understand who I am. I'm trying to also just exist differently. And I think this will help me understand myself better. And so I decided to go ahead with that wrote a book, we published it, and the book happened to be so intimate because as I was writing it, it felt like reliving all those experiences that told me, hey, this is who you actually are, the way you act and the way your manifests and your behaviors are not actually you, but here, here, how this is who you actually are. But I couldn't see any of that, of course, and growing up in Russia was a rather tricky experience. But looking back was finally possible after so many years of leaving the country. And so the book came to be as like a little guiding light. I really was just showcasing my almost steps of self-discovery and how I came to them. And I was hoping that this would be like a breadcrumbs for someone else. And it doesn't mean that it would be the same experience, but I was hoping to once again offer yet another opportunity, like another version of being bisexual. And the intimacy of the stories, I am still hoping, are very helpful for someone who is really unsure about what's happening for them and having a lot of different feels and not knowing what to do with them. And ended up, it ended up being such a great experience. And I was terrified when we finally published it and it went, uh, went out into the world last year. Uh, in 2021 in October and I was absolutely terrified but they received everyone received it so well and we're following the breadcrumbs and the messages that I received were actually people connecting with different chapters and telling me that's what happened to me too I can't believe somebody else experienced that or they would say I I didn't realize this is what it could mean this is very similar how I feel and so they ended up being those little breadcrumbs but every time still I get a message, I'm a little bit surprised because I used to feel like the only bisexual in the world. So here we go. I'm not the only one. I know, but that's so powerful, isn't it? And we'll absolutely link your book and your page to the show notes. But it's, it's like you said, I remember once for my own page, I was looking for bisexual resources to share. And they are out there. There are some fantastic, fantastic ones, but they're not as visible and there are not as many as more general queer resources and obviously queer resources can help by people too but sometimes you need that more specific tailored support or um just page or community to go to and like you said people don't have to resonate with the whole thing because everyone has different experiences but resonating with bits of it or resonating with none of it but thinking oh here's an alternative experience to mine and that's okay is really really important yes and having more subtle separate not separations um 
the categories as well, say bisexual parents or bisexual bookworms. Like even that would be so, so helpful for this, for nuances and more, just more experiences. Yeah, definitely. And I think we will get there. But I guess for now, are there any of your favorite resources for BIFOC that you want to share? I really like standbyus.com. Uh, it's an annual forum which comes online every by visibility week. It goes on for four days. And I also participate in it. So I hold a session or two. But it also has a resource page on it. And it has all the groups all around the country. It's a very helpful place to start or maybe to help you fill up your list if you're already collecting information. I really like it. There's a lot of places that you could go and find communities that are more specific to the area or something a little bit more global as well. But it's also just nationwide in Australia. No, that's really good. I'll definitely ask people to check out. And obviously they can go check out your page and hear people sharing their stories and maybe even share their own because, you know, we all have our own experiences. It's not like now you've heard a hundred stories. That's it. <laughs> Definitely. Yes, please. That would be great. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. And finally, do you want to give a recommendation of a queer book, show or business that you want to plug that you've enjoyed re- recently? I'm currently, I'm currently reading actually queer teen fantasy book. <laughs> Amazing. What's it called? It is called um, The Other Lands. Ah. So I literally picked it up because there are moments on the book cover. I'm like, that's it. I'm getting it. There are moments for bisexual. This is awesome book. So it turns out it is a bisexual story. It's a very thick book, so I'm still reading it. And it's a fantasy for teens. So super relaxing for your brain. So I absolutely love it so far. But I haven't gone too far yet. And also, this is my first fiction reading in many, 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 many years. So... I usually read very heavy social justice justice books and haven't actually touched anything queer for a while. But I will say, another amazing thing that I absolutely loved is Queer Ducks. It is all about queer animals, how all animals are queer, and a lot of parallels between humans and animals. And (laughs) the, the summary of the book, which the author suggested himself, is really that all wildlife is bisexual. So I was just really excited to read that super cool book as well. Mm. Amazing. Thanks for those. And I am a massive fan of queer fantasy, so I will definitely check that out. I feel like the last 10 books I've read have been queer fantasy, so I'm very much on, on the fantasy train right now. <laughs> I need to get your list then. <laughs> yeah, I will share it with you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I think it's it's really important that we highlight different experiences, different identities, and it's It's fantastic that you're doing so much work for the bisexual community. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so stoked that I have this opportunity to chat with you and share my story as well. Thank you so much for listening today. New episodes are available every other Wednesday, so please do download, share and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. Our topics are designed to be engaging, so if you have any questions or feedback, please do get in touch. You can find us on Instagram at underscore over the rainbow podcast, Facebook at over the rainbow podcast 13 and Twitter at over rainbow pod. We also have a queer book club reading the rainbow. So if you want to join us in reading the queer universe, please check out our website or Facebook page for more information. Have a queer week and I'll see you over the rainbow.